Good morning, good day and good afternoon podcast listeners. So we are on to my second podcast with the building your business from the inside out with the power within coaching. I'm James Fleming and today I'm going to be talking to Gordon Teasdale. Gordon is an HR consultant who has a very strong focus on SME businesses, um, specialising in providing strategic support to those businesses and I suppose really to help building, engaging their talented employees and he does that through a, you know, a, a multitude of different means. So that's what today's podcast is going to be and it is also in conjunction with Expat Radio, um, Dave Hollywood. So without further ado, we are going to kick off to today's podcast and I hope you find something interesting on the podcast today and I will start now. Have a good one. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. That was actually a really interesting conversation, particularly around the culture. You know, it's really so important. You know, I've experienced it personally myself, you know, when I was running very large businesses um, when you don't get that culture right and how, how hard it is actually to change that culture. What do you think, Gordon? Yeah, I think once the culture is, is in place, um, you know, it's very, very difficult to, to go about changing that. Uh, and therefore, you know, being clear from the, the outset is absolutely vital. And, and as soon as you start bringing people into, into the organization, you've got to make sure that they share your values and therefore, you know, the kind of um, culture environment that you would be happy with as a business owner in, in an SME, you know, you know that that, that individual is going to be behaving in the way that you would want them to. And when it comes to, you know, selecting people, particularly your first couple of employees, it's absolutely critical that you don't compromise at all in, in terms of the quality of talent and ensure that uh, you don't make mistakes. I mean, in, in some ways, it's a bit like falling in love, uh, for, for want of a better description. You know, it's very easy to, to see something in, in someone uh, and to, to make a commitment, only to find out later that, uh, uh, you know, you made the, made the wrong choice. And uh, you know, obviously that, that brings, you know, many, many uh, penalties along the way if you, you fall in love with the wrong person. It's a bit like the, the Buzzcock song, you know, have you ever fallen in love with someone you should have fallen in love with? I don't know if you've got that in the play- playlist, Dave. But, um, uh, yeah. Very so, up, yeah. Very up that, isn't it? Hey, I'm just thinking about that myself. I thought, by God, yeah. <laughs> been there, been there, done that. Another thing that seems to, seems to come up, you know, when, let, let's say um, for small businesses, uh, uh, Gordon, so let's. So I'm I'm a small business. I've got two, a couple of employees, but I'm in a growth period. What would you recommend we do first off the bat around recruiting, around you know, kind of what would you focus on? What would be your number one piece of advice if I was in that growth period? Um, that that really comes to ensure if you you bring people into the the organisation. You've got to ensure that um, you've got a structured process that brings a lot of objectivity into it. So this kind of falling in love thing I was talking about, yeah, I mean, clearly um, you, you want to 
have a positive working relationship with that, that individual, you've got to see in them you know, the kind of things that you value and you know, the, that you don't want to retain within the business. But equally, you need to have checks and balances in that process. So it's, you know, the, the, there's hundreds of uh, recruitment tools out there. You know, spend a little bit of time looking at them, getting advice uh, and using ones that, uh, you know, that you feel are, are the best fit for you and uh, you know, the, the purpose you're looking to uh, utilise them in. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, getting that objectivity into the process, checks and balances, is really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I also think is really, really key is, particularly with the SME market, is sometimes we hire someone, but in actual fact, we we don't define what we're really, really looking for enough. Because we need to be very flexible. And I think it's, it's a fine line between that I really need someone to do this, but I also want them to do all these other things. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, yeah. I think that's one of the key things. Yeah, and what I want to maybe talk about a little bit later on, but one of the things that I find that is really surprising and I fundamentally disagree with is the use of probationary periods. You know, and uh, it happens a lot in SMEs. You bring people in and put them on a probationary period of three to six months, and then you think it's easy to, to part company. No, that isn't always the, the case. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to kick off with our very first tune of the podcast today and we're going to kick off with Paul Moratini, New Shoes. Woke up cold one Tuesday I'm looking tired and feeling quite sick I felt like there was something missing in my day-to-day life so I quickly opened the wardrobe Pulled out some jeans and a t-shirt that seemed clean Topped it off with a pair of old shoes that were ripped around the seams And I thought these shoes just don't suit me Hey, I put some new shoes on and suddenly everything's right I said, hey, I put some new shoes on and everybody's smiling It's so Stars as I'm rubbing my eyes And I felt like there were two days missing As I focused on the time Then I made my way to the kitchen But I had to stop from the shock of what I found A room full of all of my friends All dancing round and round And I thought, hello, new shoes Bye-bye, blues Hey, I put some new shoes on And suddenly everything is right Lights and angels meet 
song. Got a bit away like a nutter here in the studio. I hope the neighbours aren't watching. I think I've been electrocuted on the carpet. Yeah, a bit of Natini, you can't beat it. New shoes. Lovely. New shoes. And on the new, I want to bring Dave in and talk about new employees and how do we how do we develop them? How do we retain them? You know, kind of that, around that kind of concept because we talked about employee engagement, we talked about culture, but let, I want to kind of talk about how do we best retain them that once we've got them hired, and how do we set them up for success? So, so Gordon, how do we do that? Um, the, the key thing for me is um, you know, to reflect on the, the information that you actually gathered uh, about that, that individual during the recruitment process. You know, there's lots of information you, you become privy to in terms of you know, their, their values, their beliefs, but you know, most importantly, their, their strengths. And um, you know, actually setting people up to, to play to their, their strengths in the role that you brought them into. I mean, it, it sounds obvious, but you know, quite often you know, we bring people into a business for a specific purpose and, you know, maybe something changes and you, you get them to do something else which maybe isn't playing to their natural talents and as a result, they, they move on. So, you know, being clear about the, the role, giving people focus and then providing them with recognition around the, the contribution as well, uh, really the, the three key things for me. So it's know your people, give them focus, recognize their contribution. Know your people, give them focus, recognize your co- their contribution. If you keep, you know, that that mantra in your in your head, then you know that that, that will actually go a long way to to giving you the kind of retention that you need. It's understanding what what actually um, you know the, the individual is looking for in terms of the workplace. You know how, what their aspirations are. Talking to them about that, making sure you're you're clear in terms of what you expect of them, and then give them feedback when they're they're doing well. And equally, if maybe things aren't going so well, give them help to get back on track. It's very true yeah, that, very absolutely. true that, isn't it? I remember that there was one of the one of the uh, well, my ex boss that I worked under when I used to trade mobile phones around the world. He was what he was the best boss that I've ever worked for, and this guy was called Rudd Apsey, and. Uh, he basically what he did was everybody that he brought into the company because the company he, bi- he built the owners of the company lived out in Spain and he recruited everyone to come into work in this office in Stoke and everyone that was placed into each position in this company he sat them down and he, he basically some some of the people had never done the job in their lives but he mm-hmm. could see something he could see the potential in them and he basically said you you do the job as you see it and then I'll guide you with the with the tools that you need, and and this guy was just so easy and so uh, under demanding. You know when you've got someone over your shoulder putting pressure on you. But what this guy, when I was working for him, he actually asked my advice on a lot of stuff with regards to sales and to get with regards to pitches and to scripts and all this kind of thing mm. and and selling over the phone and all that kind of thing. And it's and he was just the nicest nicest person to work under that you actually wanted to do well just for him, <laughs> not for <laughs> yourself. You weren't there just to go nine to five and then bugger off and, you know, you got your monthly wage. You were there to, you wanted to do well to actually build the business for him because of 
the the confidence that he had in what in the people that he brought on board. He was, you know, yeah. he obviously saw something in these people, and it and it became a success purely yeah, through, purely through his foresight. That's yeah. it's so key to to keep employees and 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 um, Gordon had actually mentioned that the, the importance of recognition of focus and but sometimes and I think it depends Gordon am I correct in saying this it really depends on the type of person that you're you you have employed because you know you have different traits and characteristics and some yeah. people like a lot of information some people just like an overview so kind of what's your take on that one well one of the, one of the things and I've got to say you know before I kind of answer that uh, James you know the Kind of story that uh, Dave was telling. I mean, that that you know is a, a great manager, great leader. You know, investing time and in getting to know people, and you know, as I said earlier, I'm leading them one by one. But um, yeah, in, in terms of, and I, I don't want to kind of fall into the football Fergie analogy, but I mean, it, I suppose it's the easiest one to relate to. You know, you, you you bring talent into a big football club. And what, what you want to do is get people playing to their, their, their strengths. If they're a flair player, um, like a, a Raheem Sterling or, or whatever, you're not going to have him playing in the, the back three or, or whatever, you know, as a, as a you know, defender bullying uh, the opposition's attackers. It's about, you know, setting people up to, to play to their, their natural talents. And then in terms of the motivation side of things, again, you know, we know that people, um, you, know, uh, you know, will actually respond in a different way in different ways to the kind of feedback. So what may be great uh, recognition for one person might be, you know, something which somebody else doesn't value, you know, being up on stage, getting awards, turn some people on for some, you know, that, that they would run a mile away from that, that kind of thing. So it's about knowing, you know, what, what the individual, getting inside their heads, you know, understanding really what their motivations are and uh, ensuring you manage them in a way that, that keeps them, uh, in, in a place where they're, they're highly engaged. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember I had a boss, uh, David Gordon, and probably one of the best bosses. I, I, okay, I'm not even going to say boss. He was a leader. He was a true leader. He was one of those guys that allowed you to make mistakes. And he used to say to me, so when I first got my very first manager job, I'm going to talk nearly 20 years ago, for my very first managerial position, and it was one of those guys, and he used to say, if you're going, if you're going to come to me with a problem, have at least two solutions. Let me hear what they are, and then I will help advise you to come up with the right answers. And that guy changed a lot for me because he did all those things you talked about, Gordon. He, you know, he, he allowed you to give focus. He recognised your contribution. He, he, he knew what success looked like, and he knew how you were going to get it. And it was just incredible having a really good leader. I think is key, and I think it's for any small business owners or any anybody building a business, entrepreneurs, is really to, you know, just when someone does something outside the box, when someone you know goes above and beyond, let them know, you know, give them that pat in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's that's another way of describing. With regards to a boss like that, it's very much like a. Uh, like say a general going into a into a war, isn't it? You've always got you've there's always going to be one that loves to, that's going to think, mm. well, I'm not getting involved in that. I want to stand on the sidelines and I'm going to keep yourself safe. Whereas you get somebody else that will go, well, I'm one of the team. I'm jumping in here and I'm getting involved and I'm one of the boys. But I'm you know I'm up that I'll gain respect by being in there with the with them and getting involved in it. 
And then you come away from it and you go, what a great leader. Yeah. Yeah. And that's- well, one of the other things which, um, you know, uh, we, we really need to recognize as well is that a lot of people don't actually understand what their own strengths and talents are. And again, a great leader, you know, or, you know has that, that insight and will be able to identify, you know, for, for somebody, you know, did you realize that you're really outstanding when you do this? And, um, you know, actually spending time, you know, talking to people about their strengths, um, you know, is a really positive um, thing to, to, to consider doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's absolutely key. Now, I've got a question for you, Graham, and, and, and obviously uh, um, uh, how, how when, when, so when we're managers, when we're hiring people, when we, we feel like we've got the right person on board and our business starts to grow and we're looking to maximise our performance within our, our teams, with the people we hire, how do we best do that? Um. I think it comes back to some of the things we've just been, been talking about, James. It's really um, setting them in, in, a, in a place where you know, they, they've got outcomes which are, that you're looking for them to achieve in a way that's stretching, but you know, does play to the, the things that they're, they're naturally good at. Um, so uh, you know, somebody who's a, maybe highly analytical, a natural introvert, you won't necessarily send them out to you know be your your key client person. It's about you know ensuring that you you're always asking. And it's not about keeping people in a comfort zone. You know they they, they need to be stretched, but you know the the most productive people are, are clearly the you know the the ones who are playing to their, their natural talents and you know setting them uh, targets which they actually um, find challenging is important. One thing which is um, I came across a, a few years ago in, in terms of you know how you might want to you know uh, set goals for people in a way which uh, is stretching them and you know really adding value to the business is um, you might have heard of a guy called Ben Zander who's a renowned conductor and you know teacher of the, the cello but also um, is uh, uh, an expert in, in terms of management leadership development. And for his students in the cello uh, uh, classes, he actually asks them at the beginning of the, the year how they're going to achieve an A. So rather than him actually setting the, the, the targets uh, for, for the coming year, it's actually getting the individual. And you know, typically, you know, people are going to come back with things which maybe are even more stretching than uh, you might have set as a manager. Yeah. So you know, in, in I suppose to summarise, I mean, it is about, you know, again, you know, reflecting on what the individual has as an innate strength, play to that in, in terms of how you actually challenge them in, in terms of their contribution to the business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, losing losing a really key employee because you haven't, you know, been correctly engaging them and correctly, you know, uh, um, you know, ma- managing the performance and, you know, it, it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking and I've seen it so many times. And on that note of heartbreak, I would like to introduce my next song and that's going to be Don't Go Breaking My Heart with Elton John and Kiki D.
morning. Hey, Davy boy, that was a that was a good song. Oh, what, what, you know, you know, really, the thing is, see, when you lose a key employee, and I, I felt this, you know, it does feel like you know your heart's breaking, like Elton and Kiki said. Sometimes, it, you know, you feel you take that really personal because you think, what have I done wrong? What did I not do correctly? You know. So losing a key employee, particularly, by the way, in a small business environment, really can be heartbreaking. So, Gordon, my next question to you, and Dave, obviously you can jump in if you have any stories, is how do we maximise a key employee's performance, but also retain them both physically, emotionally and mentally? How do we do that? Um, I guess you know, what I need to do is kind of give a, a little bit of background context to, to this reply and uh, um, over the you know more than 20 years now I've been working um, with you know uh, the Gallup organization around their their tools and you know some of the things that, that they actually look at uh, focus very much around retention and they, they have something called their Q12 survey and you know this actually has been uh, generated as a result of research into uh, 27 million employees working in two and a half million work units, 73 countries, 49 industries. So it's not you know, something that they've actually developed on the, the back of a cigarette packet. And you know, what, what they've actually identified is that these key 12 themes, if you, you focus on those as a manager, as a leader, the, the likelihood of people remaining with the business and, and performing you know, exceptionally well is increased. And you know, what in summary, what the, the 12 things are about is, you know, actually feeling that your job's important, having clarity around what's expected of you, you know, having you know, the, the basic materials and equipment that you, you need to do the job. And, you know, we've all been in that situation where you're frustrated by the fact that the IT system isn't working, you know, you, you're not uh, in a position to respond to a client response because, or client need because, you know, something isn't available to you. Um, Having the option to do what you do best is every day, playing for strengths, having somebody at work who cares about you, you know, getting feedback, all of the kind of things that we've talked about, you know, the, these are critical. But you know, one of the, one of the things that uh, tends to happen is that when we're looking at increasing performance, we actually just uh, focus on working harder, either personally working more hours, um, you know, uh, putting in. Uh, you know, more hours at the weekend or, or whatever. But these things are actually counterproductive. So uh, as a manager, you've got a duty of care uh, that you need to recognise with regard to your employees. Uh, and, you know, part of the, the being successful as a business and you know, ensuring your people are in a good place and being productive is, you know, taking care of the people in that holistic way. And it comes back to, to what you're saying, James, about physical, spiritual mental and uh, emotional aspects of uh, you know, the individual and the workplace. Yeah. How, how would you do that, though, Gordon? Now, for example, is so I'm a, obviously, the business that I, I, I do, is I, I'm a big, massive believer in, you know, having a destination, people understanding their, their own personal and professional goals, you know, I, I you know, preach a lot about, yeah. or, or talk, talk, I don't know, preach is the right word, but I talk a lot about 
you know, affirmations, visualizations, understanding mm. what your own your your own drivers are. So, how would we do that within our workplace? Um, well, uh, you know, clearly, you know, when we, we the kind of areas you, you talked about there, James, I mean, it's not just um, you know within the workplace. You know, it is a holistic thing. Um, you know, uh, and Clearly, there the are certain things that uh, strategies uh, that an employer can give to people, but it, it, it's uh, just about en- ensuring that um, you know that, that people are, are taking time out. Um, and one of the things that there's an organisation called the Energy Project, um, who are based in the US and. Uh, I would certainly suggest if, if you've got time that, that listeners you know, take a look at their their website and they have done a lot of work in these four dimensions in, in, with regard to uh, well-being, the physical, sp- spiritual, mental and emotional side of things. And they have um, actually developed a, a number of strategies that um, they would suggest employers look at. Yeah. I, I know it's not always um, easy to do this, but... Uh, you know, physiologically, uh, our bodies work in, in terms of you know, cycles in, uh, with regard to energy. And they've identified, for example, that um, you know, physical effort, mental effort, if you start to focus on one thing for more than maybe 90 minutes or a couple of hours, you know, your energy is really depleted. So, um, you know, long periods of concentration, physical activity, uh, will actually be damaging and less productive. So it's about you know thinking about again the, the role and how you can set people up to be productive and you know just taking care you know, as well, spending time. And it keeps coming back to this theme about knowing your, your people and understanding when maybe they need some some support. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, when I think back to my own personal experience, some of the most some of the most professional, most high-performing teams that I've built were around that engagement. So not only having that in, inside the, the, the workplace, but having that outside the workplace. So having, for example, we used to have a, a social committee mm-hmm. where we had gym memberships, where we used to have, you know, all the, I lived in the Middle East for a long, long time, we would have pool parties so around the pool with barbecues so we'd really create that inside work and outside work because we spend a lot of time at work and Mm. being able to keep that you know that well-being both like we said physically spiritually and mentally you know going throughout the whole day with you know really really key I, i felt and, and it's something that I know, Dave, that you do a lot on this show is talk about well-being and spiritual and, and emotional energy. Yeah, very much so. It's, yeah. There's, a, there's a, lot, a lot more people are becoming aware of it, aren't they? Before, mm. it was very, it was just a lot more taboo. But now, all yeah. of a sudden, everyone's, everyone's clicking into it, going, well, hold on a minute, this is something that's very, very... Uh, apparent in everyone's day-to-day lives and it, and it's something that hasn't been you know there's a lot of people always they knew it was there in the background in their in their own lives but they were very they were they were it was it was like a gray area to go into for people and they just thought well if i come out with something like this people are going to think i'm potty you know yeah. and, well and, it's well worth considering dave having a, a look at the as i said the work of the energy project and 
you know, the, um, the, the kind of areas that they're focused on, um, you know, it, you know, in, in terms of providing these strategies, as I said, it's really beneficial. And, you know, for example, emotional energy, you know, in the workplace, it would be certain individuals who will actually trigger you. And you, you know that any interaction that you're going to have with them, you know, could be uh, less than productive and actually setting yourself up and having a strategy as to how you work with that individual yeah. so that you avoid that, you know, uh, that kind of potential conflict. You know, mm. it's really, really helpful. You know, it's, it's amazing how... Uh, all this stuff, David, and you just mentioned it there about how people are becoming more aware. It's like all of a sudden, it's like a kind of magic. You know, people are now more aware of how they feel, you know, what's working in their head, that, that whole stress thing. And on that note about a kind of magic, why don't we play a wee tune? It's a kind of magic by Queen. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic, a kind of magic, one dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glance of what should be. It's a kind of magic, one shine. Doors up top. It's a kind of magic. 
Go a bit of Queen for you on the All Day Special on Expat Radio. A very good morning to you if you just joined us. You're listening to the Business Hour with Mr. James Fleming and Mr. Gordon Teasdale. Live from the UK this morning. Right, we're back live with the boys. Yeah, it's a kind of magic. Wonderful, wonderful. And that's what it sometimes feels like, you know, when you get things right. It just feels like they all happen. It's just like magic. But actual fact, it's hard work. You know, being a, a, a small business owner, being a business owner in general, you know, that hard graft, that constant, I, I like to call it falling forward. You know, when things get tough, you just keep moving forward. So that's been a really, really good hour, a really quick hour. So, Gordon, I want to bring you back in here. I want, I want to kind of synopsis and summarise what we've been talking about and and hopefully get some real golden nuggets to hand over to the business owners listening today. So if you could give us some golden nuggets before we finish up, what would those be? Um, there's probably half a dozen, James, if I can maybe go through them you know, reasonably quickly. The, the first one is uh, I'm conscious of the fact you know, it's uh, a worldwide audience that we've got here uh, so the, the first one really is about making sure you've got the basics right and you're compliant within the, the, the territory that you're actually operating in. So making sure that your, your contracts are compliant, making sure your policies and practices are aligned to uh, the legislative uh, area that you're operating in. Um, the next one is you know, be clear about what you actually stand for, your values uh, as a business. And as I said, if you... you don't go about proactively creating your a culture that you're uh, comfortable with, that, that's aligned with your values, then uh, it will happen by default. So be clear about what you stand for, the culture you're building, and reinforce that through everything that you say and do within the business. So when it comes to communication, keep coming back to, uh, you know, to the things that you actually stand for when you're communicating with your, your people. Um, the next one's building the business around the talents and the strength of your, your people. So you bring people in because of the value they can add, the, the, the talents that they have. So build around that and you know, making sure that you optimize the contribution of your, your people. Um, the next one, you know, be authentic. And this comes back to Dave's story about the, the mobile phone uh, business. You know, he was dealing with a, you know, somebody who was really authentic and he felt that and you know, responded to that in a positive fashion. So, uh, yeah, be authentic. Karaoke leadership doesn't work. Don't try and be something that you're not. Uh, then, you know, have clear metrics in place on an individual and business level so people know how they're doing. And the final one is, you know, take time out to celebrate success. We're all ambitious. We're all busy. But it's really important to recognize and celebrate success. So uh, they're, they're the kind of areas I would focus on, James. Yeah. Now, now if, let's say someone's really struggling. One of our listeners here today, uh, they just seem to be going through the same, you know how that hamster wheel we get on when, when we have problems. 
Um, what would you suggest, particularly around kind of um, HR issues or, you know, employee engagement issues? Is there any one thing that you would really say, where to look, a website, whatever, even, even yourself? How could people get a hold of you to, to, to advise them? Um, well, get in touch with uh, with me. Um, more than happy to, to have a chat with anyone anywhere in the world. It's um, gordon.teasdale at hrdept.co.uk. So dept, D-E-P-T. Wonderful, wonderful. So I, I, before we, we, we wrap up, Kena, um one one thing, you know, so for example, is is there any place that you would normally put someone, let's say I'm going through an issue right now and I'm really struggling, like locally, is there anywhere that you would suggest that people would be the first, uh, you know, port of call for issues like this? Um, I, I think that, you know, in, in terms of... Um, you know, the, I suppose uh, struggling a little bit here, James, here with the, the question because I'm conscious of the fact, you know, as I said, you know, we've got uh, people from around the world. I, I, th- I think, you know, you know uh, local chambers of commerce are, are always a, a good starting point. You know, there would normally be somebody there from a, an HR uh, background who you could maybe make contact with. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Gordon, I want to say thank you very, very, very much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure and absolutely open eyes, and I hope that some of the listeners have got some some golden nuggets from this today. And and I do want to say thank you so much. And um, you have a wonderful, wonderful day. And um, Dave. Yes, sir. Let's let's carry on. Let's. That was a great chat we had there with Gordon. Very much so. I'm just the things that that Gordon was coming out with there. You know, when you think to yourself when you're running a business, obviously with with what we're doing with the radio station, it is it basically either clarifies <laughs> what you're thinking in the first place, or you're thinking I've gone right off the rails here. I need to pull it back. And and the two conversations that we've had already with regards to this show is helping me a million dollars. So, all power to the elbow. That's what I say. Everyone that's coming on board with uh, with with advice that we've got in the coming weeks, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love Gordon's. You know, he's kind of he's golden nuggets. He's top tips about the compliance because sometimes we really get it wrong, Dave, don't we? Especially with employees nowadays, and we need to be very, very um, mindful that a lot of the people that are, are are going to be the workforce of the future is is the millennials, and and whether we like or not, they think different. Their expectations are different than us old old fogies, Dave. Yeah, well, what the way I sit, you know what? How I actually see, you know, when you're setting up like you've done with your business and I've done with the radio, you're bringing people, you're getting people involved. And my synopsis, my scenario, or my thinking behind it, uh, my vision of how you want things is like I've basically because I've been brought up around Manchester United through my family and and up to in, you know the, my career when I was a kid. The 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 mentality is that no one is bigger than what you're trying to trying to project and what you're trying to achieve. And yeah. and in that scenario, I always remember uh, Alex Ferguson having the problem with David Beckham when he first got involved with with Posh Spice, 
and he actually said to him, "There's no, there's no one bigger than the club, and if she's yeah. going to cause cause issues with regards to you, then you're gone." And that's that, when it hot with the boot. Yeah, and that's what. Yeah, yeah. and basically what happened. Well. The boot story was he get he had that case, that happened during the it wasn't about him at the, it wasn't about posh at the time that was during the game, but the oh, issue right, right. the issue was that uh, that Ferguson wouldn't let anyone have this ego that they thought they were bigger than the actual than the football club, and that's the, that's the scenario of how I how I run the station and and. And the way that obviously you do your business when you get people on board when you when you're going out doing your seminars and you got people in there, there's no one with the the idea is you don't have an ego. You, people with an ego, they're only the ones that are creating the ego. Nobody else is thinking they're a superstar. By what you're doing, you create that. You create that. Uh, how would you describe that aura around you from your actions? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I mean, there's not say, a, there's not a better leader. To, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Dave, than, than Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, when I run my workshop, I run leadership development workshops one day, two day, three day, that I go into large organisations, and I ask a question, and one of the questions I always, always ask is traits and characteristics of highly successful people. Yeah. And guaranteed, particularly up in Scotland, because Sir Alex is a good Scot, is um, he's always brought up as someone who is a great leader, and that's the traits and characteristics that he shows. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Yeah, well, he's come from a working background, hasn't he? He's he's come from the ground up. He's what he's achieved in his life has been amazing, and it's you know he was he wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth, or you know he never he didn't come from a, a rich background. He, nothing was like that. He just. He built uh, an empire with Manchester United. Uh, I mean, Manchester United was the biggest club in the world next to next to Barcelona and Real Madrid. But he built the club to be to be this empire now, and and the problem is that everybody else that's following him is struggling to actually achieve what he's done, and because they they haven't got the same mentality. Yeah, man, it's it's the ethics, it's his perspective. On success, it's how he he ran Man United like it was his personal little empire, his business. Yeah, exactly, you know, and he, he, he instilled that mentality in his players. The guy, the, yeah. the the players at the club, everybody at the club had had that mentality. You know, he'd he'd do things behind the scenes that nobody knew about. You know, and the, and the, it was just little things. There was big things that happened, obviously, that people found out about in the paper and things like that. But just hands-on things that you know, he helped Ronaldo when his when his father had died, and all, and all that kind of carry on, and he helped the other players when they had personal issues with the families, and he. Yeah. But nobody nobody heard about that. You know, it was all kept within the club. But the but he he's he he reaches out and he speaks to people and he does stuff that nobody comes across. But it's it's enormous, you know. And he's uh, when you've got someone like that in your. In your in your friendship circle, that he that's why he classes it as a as a family at the club, or he did do when he was when he was running the club. Uh, that's the mentality everybody comes up comes out with. But then people new people come into the club and it changes, and that's yeah. the issue now that that United have think, got. Think about this, Dave. Think how many young players he brought through that club that went on to be world class. I mean, it's incredible to think that, 
he believed or he instilled a belief within them that so I mean it hits in a lot of points that Gordon actually spoke about you know a duty of care for your employees the the well-being and mental health of your employees within the workplace exactly. you know physical and spiritual and emotional energy he created that and probably didn't really understand other than he had this inherent work ethic this inherent empathy and and just desire to be yeah. successful and, and instilled that in all these players yeah well one of the prime examples of that was paul Scholes, because he had he was the smallest player at the club when he was a kid and he had asthma and he couldn't run so what the the situation was that he was unbelievably talented but he couldn't he couldn't sprint he'd be out of breath and he had this issue with the asthma so then he basically they they taught him how to control his breathing and how to manipulate his limited talent that he had. But he then became one of the best midfielders the world's ever seen within fifteen years for the last yeah. for the last fifteen twenty years. And he be and every player <coughs> that ever played against him has ever has always said that when the question who was the best player he ever played against, he always said Paul Scholes. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what, what, what Gordon said again. You remember when he mentioned about, you know, be clear what you stand for, your values. Yeah, and that's exactly what Salah Ferguson done with all those players. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just, you know, the lads. I mean, Beckham was never had any natural talent. He didn't. He hasn't got the talent like Ronaldo. He hasn't got the skills or anything. But he was. He had unbelievable. But he, the way he, he, you know, he he controlled the ball. He, he was able. His passing ability. That those were the those were his strengths. He wasn't he wasn't an all round player like Messi or Ronaldo. He was he he had limited ability, but he became with that limit. He actually you know he worked and worked and worked and worked, and through hard work, he became a success. But he wasn't yeah. you know he wasn't naturally talented, and they, he's yeah. a prime example. You know, someone that's not a fantastic. You know, when you look at them, you think, "What a brilliant, fantastically gifted player," and all this. But you think, well. When you first saw him when he was a kid, you'd think, well, he's not that, you know, he's not a brilliant runner. He's not got any pace. He's not, he can't, he ain't got any tricks up his sleeve. And, and all of a sudden. And by the way, you hear that a lot, by the way, about, about really exceptional football players. Not a lot of them were okay when they were younger, but they kept at it. Somebody installed that belief and that value in them that they could, if they kept working hard and they kept focused, they could be better. And by the way, it's just, and it's exactly the same for business. So, the four examples, if you, we, I think we mentioned this last week, when you get into business for the very first time, you, everything looks incredibly rosy and it's all going to be easy. And, and then we start to hit those brick walls and then um, we don't know how to go over or under or through. So we kind of start to take a step back and we give up. But that's what Sir Alex Ferguson done really, really well. Even when those young players hit barriers, hit uh, you know the brick wall, he had a way of installing his values and his belief in them. And it was like a, a Winston Churchill, you know, we will not be defeated, we will never give up. Yeah. He had that same mentality with the team. Yeah, exactly. It was it was always the ninety minute. If we're on a if we're one nil down or one all, you know, they they go for the win or they go for the they go for the for the to get the goal. And uh, you knew that it was going to happen. The typical example of that was was the Europe was the Champions League in nineteen ninety nine. Oh <laughs> my was, god! That that was, was, can you imagine what the players must have felt like. 
I don't, well, I was. I remember being in the lounge watching that with my stepfather, and I was in tears when the whistle blew because I just thought, how on earth have we turned that round from the situation we were in? Because <laughs> I just By thought, that was like a kid in a candy shop, wasn't it? Oh, it was just. I was just. I never. I've never. I've always had self control, but that night when we won that, the, when the final whistle blew, I'm jumping around that lounge like I was. I was just absolutely gone, and I thought, I, how I on earth they, have we done I, that? Sorry, carry on, carry on. And I was going to say, I just said, how on earth, you know, that when I was watching it, at the end of it, I just thought, how on earth have we got two goals in like two minutes <laughs> to win but it? David, it's one of those things that everybody remembers that moment. Yeah. Everybody remembers where they were that moment. And like I said, and, and I'm, I'm leading on to my next song with this, it was like a kid in a candy shop. And on that note, we're going to play our next song. Very good. Quality link. Robbie Williams Candy. Be. Or at W. 
7.54, it's the All Day Special on Expat Radio. You're on the business hour with Mr. James Fleming. And we had our special guest on this morning, Mr. Gordon Teasdale. We're back live now with Mr. Fleming. Before he's got, ah. to, get, he's got to go off for his photo shoot this morning, ready for his applying for... Uh, the new Bond film in the next, uh, when is it, in five years' time, when the next contract's up, you'll be up for it, won't you? Absolutely, Dave, absolutely. Got another good Scottish accent in, in, in James Bond. We're, yeah. we're overdue one. And I think uh, exa- that's, what I'm, that's what I was thinking, you know. You know, if you got a Geordie, a Scouse Bond or a Geordie Bond. <laughs> All right, son, can he bag a Tudor? <laughs> Imagine that. Why, aye, well, my name's James Bond, and I'm licensed to kill, like. Hey, you'll get a shot for, for, I love the Geordie accent. Oh, I had to go up there once to deliver a car for Europe car many moons ago when I was a kid. I couldn't, I had to ask direction at this this dealership, and I couldn't understand them. <laughs> this girl uh, said to me, I said, I asked directions to this girl, and she said, well, you want to go up there, to left, go right, and then she's going through it, and I'm like, you're, t- you're doing it on purpose. Then I said to the guy, I said, Sorry, but I can't understand it. What is it again? And so he's then. Well, what you want to do is you want to go down the road here. You want to take a left and a following right. Now, like, oh my God! Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I've got I've got a Jordan coming on the show. And I, I think next month. No, oh, no, yeah. tell a lie. Uh, yeah, December. I've got a, a, a Jordan coming on the show. And he's going to be talking about the power of networking. Really, he's a big he's a big name up in Scotland in terms of networking. And uh, yes, we've got him on the show. And by the way, next week. Yeah. Um, the show I have got this incredible guy called Tom Berry for Autilus Digital, and he's going to be talking all things digital marketing. You know how we get that out there, and he's honestly, I, I've been working with this guy, you know, for I've, not, I've probably known for over a year now, and he honestly, Dave, this guy is really, really on the ball. And the other beautiful thing, he's been an expat for quite a long, long time. So he's got a, he's going to be able to touch on a bit of both worlds. So the, the local um, digital market and then when you want a digital market, you know, worldwide. So that's going to be a good one next week. So it is. Quality. Quality. Yeah. I haven't got a clue what that is, but it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is. He's a, he's a very, very clever man. He, he does a lot of my, my stuff for me. and does a lot of talks around Scotland, around the digital market, so yeah, I'll be a, I'll be a good one for next week. So, well, anyway, anyway, so it's time to wrap up the show and get this podcast alive and kicking. So, I want to thank everybody that's listened to the podcast today, and I will be on next Wednesday live on Expat Radio, doing doing my next podcast around digital marketing. Um, so, hope you've all had a wonderful day. I hope you really enjoy listening to my podcast. And please feel free to drop some messages if there's any subjects specifically you would like to talk about. Or alternatively, you know, drop me an email at james at thepowerwithin.org.uk. Have a good day.